This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location with an old friend and a good friend, Al Nashirvani, from the Maryland area, who uh, was one of the first software membership billing guys that I ever met and uh, continues to be a formidable player in the space through MotionSoft. So, Al, good to have uh, our conversation uh, recorded. Yeah, it is. So hopefully we won't ever have to do this again, but thank you for having me. Yeah, we could always, uh, you know, <laughs> timestamp it uh, digitally. So, uh, so Al, you, you and I met back in uh, April of 2000. Yep. Is when we met. You know, I think uh, our listeners probably uh, are probably too young to appreciate what we used to deal with, yep. which was um, no Wi-Fi. That's right. No smartphones. Right. Nothing that had to do with mobile. You know, we're running more of traditional software companies. Mm -hmm. You know, so why don't you just give a quick background on buying uh, the company uh, as a as a pretty much a corporate spin out? Yeah, at yeah. the time, and uh, and then we'll fast forward to today and talk about the opportunities and challenges uh, of the sector. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, founded MotionSoft in 2004. We acquired the assets of a company that had been in the fitness industry for about 20 years prior to that. Founded by a guy named Bob Karch started a company called KI Software, and that was the uh, company that we acquired. And at the time, uh, you know, we wanted to start a little lifestyle company with my brother and uh, managed to do that for about three or four years, had a core group of people that worked uh, with us, and then sort of looked at the space and realized that there was an opportunity that was much bigger than what we were looking at every day. And it had to do with payments and processing and software, you know, the, the beginnings of software as a service. And so, uh, you know, began the process of raising institutional capital in 2009, acquired two or three of our competitors, raised our first round of institutional capital in 2010 with Edison Ventures, and have done several rounds since then. We actually just closed a Series C last week. Wow, mazel uh, tov. Yeah, yeah, thank with, you. With him? Thank you. It was, uh, it was an inside round. Uh, we did it with our existing investors. Uh, and some high net worth uh, individuals that participated as well. Nice. So it was, a, it was a nice outcome for us. So just to, to fast forward to where we are today. So you went through the, the trials and tribulations of, of self-funding yep. uh, as an entrepreneur, paying for your own trade show booth, 10 by 10 max at That's the right. time. Pop-up, um, uh, pop right? <laughs> uh, moving on to a Series A round, which you, you and I had many yes, we did. international calls, I think, yep. when you were in like France about yep. whether I should do this deal or not do this deal. To fast forward where it seems like a no-brainer, you know, where you are today yeah. and, you know, as a, a software platform uh, powering some of the top brands in, the, in the, what we call the Halo sector. So as, as you look back on, on that time, you know, for the entrepreneurs in, in the room uh, and listening, you know, what, what are some of the, the words of advice when it comes to, you know, to build a product, to listen to your customers, to understand, like, what the frustration that you're solving and some of the things you learned over time that, you know, as you continue to be the CEO, you know, things that you know, like, okay, this is how we have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to give people some wor words of wisdom, words of advice. Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that we had going for us was the fact that uh, we had an existing product. And we had some really, really good customers that were using that product. We worked with, at the time, Equinox, still work with them, uh, with Crunch Fitness, who we just signed again uh, as of last week. Nice. Thank you. And so, you know, we, we really tried to go to them to understand what it was they felt that we were lacking. And almost unequivocally, everyone told us that we should focus on 
what ended up being sort of the core tenets of our company. Today we call it get them, know them, keep them. And the them, of course, is their customers. And the advice that we almost uniformly got from everybody was to focus on at least two of those tenants in everything that we did. And so uh, as we established our product management teams, we continued to communicate with those customers and really understood what their problems were, right? Everyone does check-in, everyone does billing, but there's this 800-pound gorilla in this industry, which is retention, and there's not a lot of people on the software side that we're focusing on. And so that was one of the areas we said, we're going to capture as much data as we can for our customers to be able to address that problem. The other thing was that my opinion with regard to the payments business in the, in the health and fitness industry was that, to some extent, they were benefiting based on the failures of the, the club operators. And well, so, yeah, explain that. Yeah, so a lot of the payments companies in the, in the, and who are now software companies in the fitness space, they do great work, and I don't disparage the work that they do. But I, my feeling is that if your business model is one that is uh, based on charging an end user a service or a late fee because of bad behavior on the member's part, i.e. their credit card declined, their ACH didn't go through, whatever the case is, then to some extent you're hurting this industry because you're creating this environment where your business does better when your customer's business does worse, right? Kind of like negative controls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Negative, negative uh, incentives. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Right, right, right. And um, we decided that uh, we were going to focus on technology solutions to solve the issues that our customers were having. And so, you know, one of our slogans going into the product development cycle was th the fact that self-service was the new full service, right? And so we've been able to execute on that very effectively. On the financing side, I mean, I, would, I think you'd agree, and uh, we talked a lot about this when, on those overseas calls, but I think that um, if you don't have to go take money from an institutional investor, you shouldn't. But we felt that we needed that springboard to help grow our business and take it to the next level. And our investors have been great and very supportive. So uh, we had to give up equity, of course. But uh, I think in the long run, it's, uh, it's in our best interest to do that. Gotcha. So, you know, fast forward to today, the amount of investor interest and enthusiasm in, in the Halo sector and on the software and technology side is unprecedented. Yeah. You know, a, as you see that the, the business dynamics haven't really changed that much yet you know, investors are finally waking up to the fact that we've got a recurring revenue model we've got consumer facing uh demand we've got um an affluent you know uh, demographics mm -hmm. uh we've got a lot of investment capital coming into the sector yeah as you look at at, at some of the probably the random calls that you get cold calls yeah. uh from from investment groups you know what what makes you um what makes you grin and what makes you say like, all right, you know, I, I built something of value. People are calling, you know, to basically validate the fact that a lot of hard work along the way here to, you know, keep these, the software updated to the point where, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big player and I can support these blue chip, you know, clients. So, so as you see the value that's created, you know, where do you see your company going forward? Yeah. And, uh, how do you see continuing to, to be that support system, you know, vital support system? Yeah, so there have been a lot of transactions in our space, not just in the, in, the, in the gym space, but in the software payment provider space, right? And that has, in turn, as you mentioned, created a tremendous amount of interest on MotionSoft. We think we're in a good spot right now. 
We service some of the best brands in fitness. I've named a couple of them. And I think that what we do is interesting because we've taken payments and we've taken software. We've bundled them up together, like many of our competitors have, by the way. And the thing that's tremendously valuable to investors that are interested in this space is two things. One, this is a niche market. And so an investor can come here with a lot of money and they can help grow it both organically as well as through acquisition. And they don't have to worry about the sales forces of the world coming into play, right? right. So they've got a captive audience. And then the, the product that we're selling, the combined uh, financial services and, and, and software, is one that creates a lot of stickiness. I, I, I always talk to our investors about the fact that, you know, it's one thing to change your software vendor. It's one thing to change your payments vendor. But to change both is disruptive to the business. Sure. And so... Um, Not just disruptive, but I mean risk of... Yeah. Yeah, kind exactly. of like losing your wallet. That's right. That's right. Kind exactly. Of a lot of a lot of potential issues there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so we've been pretty lucky in uh, in sort of maintaining our quote unquote independent status as a as a software vendor in the space. We have investors, but um, my family and I, for example, are still I think at this point we're the largest investor in the business, and so we have a lot of uh, ability to drive the direction of the company still. And so uh, you know we we feel really good about our spot right now. So how do you balance um, the sense of urgency and like this fast-moving economy and, you know, competitive marketplace with the more, uh, you know, prudent Al Nashirvani of like, look, this is how long it takes to develop the next version. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't rush it. Yep. And um, when it's ready, it's ready. Yeah, this is the this is the this is the biggest challenge I think that it, as an entrepreneur you have to overcome when especially when you take someone else's money and become a manager of their money as opposed to an owner of your business. And I remember one of my first board meetings after having raised our first round of institutional capital, one of our investors, uh, I was explaining to him how important it was for us to develop a certain feature or a function because at the time there was a large West Coast based uh, customer that was interested in buying our software, multi location big brand name, all, all of the stuff that you want, sort of a marquee type customer. And I was explaining to uh, our, our board that we've got to spend this money. I know it wasn't budgeted, but we got to figure it out and, you know, and spend it. And this, this particular guy, this board member slash investor looked over at me and he said, Al, there's always going to be customers. If you've got a good product, there's always going to be a customer that wants to buy that product. So make sure you do it right. Don't move faster than you need to, and everything will fall into place. And in fact, he was right. Five years later, that same customer, who at the time went with a competitor of ours, came back, signed our, uh, signed our deal, and, and when we now count them as a, as a uh, very happy customer. And so I think that's the, that's the sort of calculus that you always have to do with regard to growing your business and sort of maintaining your entrepreneurial spirit. So in, in this world of... Um infinite development and coding possibilities, you know, maybe give a little bit of a window for some of these software uh, entrepreneurs that may be in different facets of the business to, um, you know, how do you kind of write down, you know, like almost like a whiteboard of like, here's everything that everybody's asking for and Mm -hmm. here's how we're going to prioritize, you know, the next round of of development. Is it, um, is it an electoral process? Is it a you know, a gut check? Is it a, a data dump? Is it a survey? Is it Al has been doing this for a long time as well as his product guys and kind of we know what the next, you know, tier of, of, of development needs to be? 
Yeah, look, I, th I think it's all of the above, right? You listen to your customers, you listen to your gut, you try and think practically about this business uh, and, you know, what they're trying to do, some of the, the problems that you're trying to solve for them. At the end of the day, in the, in the halo industry, there are a couple of things that are really important. One of them is sales, and it's the lifeblood of this business. So you can sit there and talk about the fact that you can help uh, the attrition issue, uh, you can help the personal training penetration issue, any of those things. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a sales-oriented tool, that's, it's not gonna help you in this space. I think the other thing is that, um, you know, pick a lane, right? Pick a lane and be the best at it. We decided long ago that when we built software, we were gonna focus on three areas of the business, access control, contracts and billing, and personal training management. And there are lots of great companies that are out there that are doing some amazing stuff. One of the companies that you introduced us to, Promotion Vault, for example, does reward management and reward gift card issuance. We decide we're gonna just integrate to them as opposed right. to go out and rebuild that whole stack of technology. There are companies like Perkville, there are fantastic Salesforce automation tools like InTouch and ClubOS and, and LeadSpeak and others that are doing great work that we don't need to recreate. I think generally the challenge is that a lot of fitness operators are, are scared of dealing with multiple vendors. And what I'd say is that technology and application programming interfaces or APIs are at a point now inside of the cloud where some of those challenges that you were dealing with 10 or 15 years ago when you had server-side software uh, and web services that had to communicate with each other have gone away. And so I'd say embrace the integrated best of breed approach and, and you know, figure out uh, how to make it work because that's gonna create the best member experience. Right. And um, you know, from a standpoint of um, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a, an executive with, uh, with venture funding, <clears throat> you know, being a service provider, you know, what, what's the next step for, for, for Al? I mean, does this company become part of a larger you know, software SaaS? provider at some point? Do you see yourself as an aggregator of some of these other best-in-class services or what's your personal uh, objectives? Yeah, I mean, I think my personal objectives are not necessarily the same as what your investors may want to see, right? I mean, that's just the reality. You know, for, for a company like MotionSoft that's in a niche market, there are typically, well, for, for an institutional invested company, there are typical three or four, as you know, uh, methods of getting out. One, which is sort of the golden, the golden ticket is IPO. The second is to sort of grow your business and take on additional institutional investment, growth equity, uh, and then ultimately move down the path of private equity. And the final one is to find a strategic to acquire you. You know, I think that if we establish ourselves as a platform company and focus on consumer service businesses that define their relationships with their constituency, whether it's their members or their customers or their users, whatever, that define those relationships by some sort of a contractual obligation and a recurring monthly payment, then I think the world is our oyster. We could go to any consumer service business. In fact, today we count car washes as customers that are moving away from the pay-per-use model. And, and you have some of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and so, so basically your, your platform has now become not just you know, from fitness to Halo, but Halo to any kind of membership-based recurring revenue exactly. model where you have a consumer that's paying for whatever service it is. Could yeah. be it's the subscription economy, could, right? Could be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, um, I knew you back then. I know you now. 
the part I love about you is that you haven't changed. <laughs> you've got you've got Thank a lot you. bigger, um, you know, universe and a lot more responsibility and a lot more capital that you've uh, you've taken on. But um, you're still the same guy, so that's pretty. That, that's probably the nicest thing anyone could really say, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm glad we've, you know, collectively built the Halo sector. Sometimes Thank you can't you. really put a, um, a finger on what it is, but but we know that we've, you know, created something big. And, you know, I'm glad Moso is what it is. And uh, I'm glad I was able to see that the trajectory. And then we're going to the next cliff and we're going to go to the next one. Yeah, I appreciate you having doing this. I think it's great to give this industry uh, exposure. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in it and uh, wish you good luck. Likewise. All right, man. We'll Thanks, be here Pete. next year. Yes, sir.